The Dallas Cowboys take on the Carolina Panthers in week 11. Is this setting up to be a trap game for the Cowboys? All that and more in this crossover edition of the Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked On. Locked, Locked On. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is yet another crossover Thursday edition of our shows at the Panthers, hosted Dallas Cowboys at 1 o'clock Eastern time at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. Subscribe or follow each of our shows over on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Both Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys podcasts are free and available everywhere, so please make sure to support each of our shows. This episode of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys is brought to you by Price Picks, as Price Picks is our presenting sponsor for each crossover Thursday. It's the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers. He is Marcus Mosier, the host of the Locked On Dallas Cowboys podcast. Marcus, how you feeling, man, as we head into this Week 11 matchup? The Panthers, things aren't great, but for Dallas, things are a little bit better. I know tough loss last week against Philadelphia, but Dak looked good, so that's a positive, right? Yeah, and they got the big win over the Giants uh, You know, last week. Blowout 49-17. Uh, to um, Nervous. Honestly, nervous is the way to best describe me going into this game. Whenever you're a 10.5-point favorite playing on the road against a quote-unquote bad football team, everybody just expects you to win. It's Uh, a lot of expectations for the Cowboys going into this one. Well, I appreciate you correcting me because the Carolina Panthers did not play last Sunday, so I took that upon myself to not watch the NFL. It was a little reprieve from the mayhem, the madness, and really the overall sadness of the season yet again in Carolina. So, yes, the Cowboys getting a win against the uh, the Giants uh, last Sunday. But, man, oh, let's get into it. Let, let's talk about some of the top storylines. I, I know what my listeners, they know what the top storyline is, and I'll let them know right now. We're going to talk about it briefly here on the show, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more later on on Thursday as I have the crossover Thursday episode come out. But a little bit later on the day, we'll talk about what you guys really want to hear about because I know a lot of Panther fans aren't ultra focused on what's going to happen on Sunday because they've given up on the season. What's the biggest storyline going on down there in Dallas as the Cowboys still have, of course, playoff aspirations? And who knows, maybe uh, the script writers will finally let you guys win a Super Bowl this year. (laughs) Uh, It's Dak Prescott. Uh, This is the best I think I've ever seen Dak play in a four game stretch, he lit up the giants played extremely well uh, against the Eagles a couple weeks ago, played fantastic against the chargers and the Rams. Can he keep it up? The Cowboys have a very talented roster, but they're only going to go as far as Dak takes them. If Dak continues to play, play at this level, there's no reason why they can't compete with the 49ers and they can't compete with the Eagles. We already saw that happen in Philadelphia. They were, I mean, a play away even makes it sound further away than what it was. Like Cowboys, Cowboys had several different chances to win that game. If Prescott can keep this up, you can make a case that he's the best quarterback in the NFC. And you might be thinking that's crazy. Start going through the list of quarterbacks, especially now with Kirk Cousins out for the remainder of the season. If Prescott continues to play at this level, the Cowboys will have a chance. 
Well, that says a lot about the state of the NFC as far as quarterbacks go. I think uh, general consensus, even Cowboy fans have to admit, and I know Dak is always a hat button uh, topic there with Cowboy fans and, of course, across all the national networks. Jalen Hurts is probably the top dog right now. Then, Mm -hmm. yeah, Kirk Cousins, he's always been a good player. I've liked Dak dating back to his time at Mississippi State. It still blows my mind that nine years ago we had that school that program at number one in the country so I never want to hear any criticism of Dak Prescott even though a lot of it is warranted but good to see that he's playing well there so far in Dallas I think you know what the big storyline here in Carolina is and everyone knows what the storyline the Panthers of course are one and eight and because they're one and eight the offense has been abysmal Bryce Young's development has uh, really hit a snag the last two weeks and you look at the whole season things have not been great Frank Reich has decided after three weeks of Thomas Brown being the play caller, Thomas Brown, the OC here in Carolina, that Frank Reich is going to take back the play calling. He said that it's not about Thomas Brown, that it's about him. It's about the team and doing what's best for them moving forward. That he said, I'm in a position that I'm in right now because of years of being a successful offensive coordinator and play caller. They have eight games left, and he just wants to give it the proper attention to help the offense take the next step. So when you hear all of that, It's very confusing why they would decide to make this decision after starting off 0-6, hanging to play calling over the Thomas Brown, winning a game when Thomas Brown was Mm -hmm. a play caller. The first game he was as a play caller, they won. Uh, And then the last two weeks have, of course, not been great. Only two touchdown drives the last two weeks for the Panthers offensively. But that's been really much of the same. Somehow they were worse than they were when Frank Reich was a play caller. But it's just weird because Frank Reich talks about how this is not an indictment of Thomas Brown, that he still thinks Thomas Brown is an excellent head coach. He's an alpha male. Um, And he did not even look at the stats when decided to make this decision. He just felt like this was the right thing for the team. It's just curious the way he says all of that. And there was one quote in particular that caught my eye saying, this is just a three-game sample size of the team and an offense that is struggling. What was he supposed to? Then he stopped himself. Because he's about to say, what was Thomas Brown supposed to do? Like, was it supposed to be magic? This should be have little to no impact on his long-term trajectory, which feels very naive considering how difficult it is for black coaches to get head coaching jobs in the NFL. And the path, it feels like, is as a play caller. So I just found all the things that he said just confusing. But it all boils down to this. David Tepper, he's the owner here in Carolina. He's the one who forced the change to Thomas Brown to be the play caller. Then when he saw that didn't work out, Frank Rex, you know what? Let me take it back because I'm about to get fired. If I'm going to get fired, I'm going to go down as the play caller. It's just a dumpster fire here in Carolina so far this season. And I don't really know when it's going to get better, Marcus. I, I, I've got a couple of questions and a couple of thoughts. Number one, please. It, this, this sucks for Thomas Brown. Actually, Thomas Brown was somebody that the Cowboys considered hiring as their offensive coordinator. When they let go of Kellen Moore, he was one of the only guys that they interviewed to get the offensive coordinator job, they decided to give it to, to Brian Schottenheimer, which, whatever. Uh, so this, I, 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 I hate this for him. For a Panthers fan, what's the, in your eyes, what's the difference between the two of these as play callers? From, at least from what I've seen, it seems like the communication was really poor when Frank Wright was calling plays. Be like They were getting the plays in so late. They were snapping the ball at like one second every time. But I, I just want your thoughts here. I haven't seen really a discernible difference in the offense. It's not like they're going to come up with different concepts and schemes. Thomas Brown is a play caller. And Frank Reich let everyone know when they were developing the playbook back in the spring that about 60% of the concepts were his offense and then 40% was what Thomas Brown was bringing over from Los Angeles and his time 
and elsewhere in the NFL and in college football. So when he took over, I never felt like the offense was going to magically be better. They don't have the personnel, the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. They can't run the football. They can't block. The offensive line has severely regressed. So I don't know what anyone expected to happen other than the Panthers to still be terrible. Now, the unfortunate thing is they had Houston. They had Indianapolis. They had the Bears. Those are all winnable football games. Of course, they won the Texans game. And looking back at it, how C.J. Stroud's played since then, man, that, that should have been the least winnable of the last mm. three games that they've played. So for me, I, I don't think anything was really all that different. It's the same offense with the same issues. So that's why I was just confused in the first place. Like why even do it? Now, I said back then when I decided to do it, all right, you have to make a change. This is a logical change. It won't change anything, uh, but it's better than, I suppose, firing somebody. It's, it's a very easy step to take. Uh, but then three weeks afterwards, you decide, oh, well, Thomas Brown, I had the vision of you always being the play caller. Now I'm going to take it back. I don't understand that unless it's the owner being like, hey, um, you need to call the plays because he's known to do that in the past. When Ron Rivera was here going into his last year in Carolina in 2019, after Eric Washington was no longer the defensive coordinator, David Tepper told Ron, hey, I want you to call the plays. Also, I want you to run a 3-4 because that's what we did in Pittsburgh, and that makes me comfortable. Yeah. So that's what we're dealing with here in Carolina market. So, I mean, I think the owner thing is probably what happened because they yes. hired Frank Wright to fix the offense, right? He is an offensive-minded coach. The offense isn't fixed, and you're not calling plays. So what exactly are you doing? I've got to believe that that's probably the situation going on here, but it's it's really a terrible situation for Thomas Brown because now it makes him look like the scapegoat when it's certainly not his fault. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've thought too, in a way, maybe Frank Reich kind of took some of the bullets for Thomas Brown, especially had he decided week one for Thomas Brown to have been the play caller. Cause had they started off zero and six, Thomas Brown's probably the scapegoat and getting fired. Uh, and now maybe he's shielding him uh, in another way. That's just one thought that I don't know necessarily if I believe that to be the case, but just a thought out there. But it is unfortunate for Thomas Brown to be in a situation as a black man, as a play caller on the offensive side of the ball and to have that stripped from th after three weeks where your offense is really no different than the offense that Frank Reich was calling. But I do think a lot of it has to do with the owner, David Tepper. Frank Reich said, it's that's not to do about my job status. It's what's best for the team. Okay, man, we know that for the next eight weeks, the only thing that matters is Bryce Young's development, and you have to prove that you're the right guy. And the best way for you to prove that tangibly for the owner is to take over the reins as the play caller, and it's mm. probably going to be much of the same. So that's the biggest thing going on here in Carolina. Dak Prescott playing well. Congratulations. Having a quarterback that's steady for you. I know because a lot nice. of questions of whether he can actually win the big one one day, but I would much rather be in your position than the position we're in right now here in Carolina. So big matchup coming up before we came up here, you were saying you think it might be a little bit closer uh, than a lot of folks believe mm. it will be. We'll talk about some of the key matchups ahead of Sunday's game between the Carolina Panthers and the Dallas Cowboys here on this locked on NFL crossover Thursday edition of locked on Panthers and locked on Cowboys. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All of your favorite restaurants and stores from retail to grocery are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. And personally, uh, some of my favorite places to go on a Sunday are Hawthorne Pizza right down the street from me here and elizabeth also 
probably post-game. Big fan of Yafo. So check out some of those local spots here in the Charlotte area and check out all the spots locally to you You by using DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23, subject to change, terms apply. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys. I'm Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers. He is Marcus Mosier, the host of Locked On Cowboys. And this is a Locked On NFL crossover Thursday brought to you by Price Picks. We're talking about the Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys matchup on Sunday. The Panthers reeling after deciding to make a play care change for the second time this season, hoping to potentially get the offense. I can't say back on track, maybe on track for the first time all year as they welcome Dallas on Sunday. And it should be a partisan crowd here uh, for the Cowboys on Sunday, Marcus. Mm. You know this as as someone who covers Cowboys, Cowboys fan. Cowboys typically take over stadiums. Uh, But here in Charlotte, it's become an annual, not even annual, it's become a weekly tradition that the opposing team could be the Vikings. It could be the Bengals. doesn't matter who it's going to be. It could be the Jacks. And they will take over the stadium because David Tepper is killing this franchise and everyone that is a fan of it so far is pretty out on a team. It should be a uh, rough scene to uh, hold, behold on Sunday uh, when the Dallas Cowboys come to town. Yeah, I, I would expect at least conservatively 35, 40% Cowboy fans, if not more. Maybe a lot of just general NFL fans. We'll see. You think it's going to be higher than that even? Oh, I'm talking 70%, man. Oh, man. Let's say, I mean, that's that's going to be some weird shades of blue in the stadium. That's all I'm saying. You're going to get that navy blue and that Carolina blue. Uh, but can we talk about some matchups? Because there are some really good yes. matchups in this game. Um, I love watching the trench play. And listen, there might not be a better matchup this week than Zach Martin against Derek Brown, who I still love Derek Brown coming out of Auburn. I love the player that he's turned into. You want to see some beef between Tyler Smith and uh, Derek Brown going up against each other one-on-one. I do think the Cowboys could have a problem at center with Tyler Biotish against Brown. That's the one that I'm keeping an eye on because I think he the Cowboys can't run the ball right now. Derek Brown, really good at stopping the run. A little nervous about that one. Yeah, the Panthers have been better against the run in the last couple of weeks. They overall have not been great so far this season. I want to say only one time they made able to keep an opponent under 100 yards rushing. It's interesting, last week uh, when we were breaking down on Lockdown Crossover Thursday, I was talking to Lauren Cox of Lockdown Bears, and he was looking at Tevin Jenkins versus Derrick Brown as his mm-hmm. matchup. And Derrick Brown dominated. He has been one of the lone bright spots so far this season. That's a defense that's been banged up. J.C. Horn potentially back on Sunday. He's missed the last eight games of a hamstring injury that he suffered in that second quarter, that Falcons game right before halftime. So that's something to look out for. As far as the matchup I'm looking at, there's a lot of concern about the offensive line and their ability to protect Bryce Young. And you look at Micah Parsons and what he can do. ESPN has their their pass rush win rate. He's number one among edge rushers in the NFL. The Cowboys as a team are number one when it comes to pass rush win rate, where the Panthers are 19th. Taylor Moten among tackles is in the top 20 at 17th. But we'll see if it potentially Dow sides move Parsons around, put him on Icky Aquanu's side. The fourth rounder from last year in 2022 has really struggled this season. And that is a major concern. So much of a concern that general manager Scott Fitter was down at practice on Wednesday. Same thing with assistant general manager Dan Morgan. He was watching very closely. 
uh, Nicole Tepper, the wife of David Tepper. She was also, for whatever reason, at practice looking on intently at the line of scrimmage play for the Panthers. That just kind of gives you some insight on what we're dealing with when it comes to the ownership here in Carolina. Not to say that Nicole doesn't know football, just very just, curious yeah. why that would be the case. Um, but that's a major concern because Bryce Young's taking a lot of shots. People are concerned about Bryce Young's size and his weight and all that. The more shots you take, the more likely it is that you get injured. I'm hoping, of course, knock on wood, that's not the case. But the Panthers are not going to be able to do anything if they cannot block Dallas on Sunday and keep Bryce upward. The Cowboys have done some pretty cool things with having some five-man fronts and trying to get Micah Parsons matched up against the worst offensive linemen. I think what we'll see this Sunday is you'll see a lot of uh, Dante Fowler lining up against Icky Quano and then putting Micah Parsons over left guard Chandler Zavala and just trying to see how that goes one-on-one. I know Zavala did not play particularly well as the last week when he started against Chicago. Um, We'll see. I I want to mention really quickly, uh, JC Horn, just backstory here a little bit. Going back to the 2021 draft, the Cowboys war room was stuck between Patrick Sertan and JC Horn. Before that draft, the Cowboys held pick number 10, they decided like in a couple of hours before the draft that if Horn was available, that's who they were taking. Carolina traded up uh, to take J.C. Horn. Patrick Sertan went number nine to the Denver Broncos. The Cowboys sitting at 10. Didn't like any of their options. So they traded down with the Eagles uh, down to number 12. And they just picked the best guy on their board who happened to be Micah Parsons. It's funny sometimes how the things work out in the draft. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Horn's been a really good player when he's been available. The problem is he's missed 26 games so far in his career. And the Panthers have a decision to make on his fifth-year option come the offseason. I was wondering earlier this week on the show if there's anything he could do in the last week, eight weeks of the season to convince the team to exercise that. Hard to see just because he has not been available enough. But a really good player. Do you think he's going to play this week? I, I, it's tough to say so far. He was out there for walk-ons on – walkthroughs, rather, on Monday. Wednesday, Frank Reich was kind of like trying to say how he does in practice. So on Wednesday, he was out there. What we'll, we'll the wait and see kind of what his status is on Friday. I think it, I think it could happen. C.J. Henderson, he's he's been their starting corner while Horn's been out. He had a concussion last week, missed that Thursday night game. He's back, which is a good thing. So if Horn's not ready to go, at least Henderson's back. I do think that there's a chance that he does play on Sunday. And, and one quick thing, too, you talk about Zavala. He's actually – he's missed uh, a couple weeks. He, he was starting at left guard weeks two through five, had the neck injury where he was carted off mm. against Detroit, scary injury issue, but not as serious as it looked like. It was just a severe stinger. He has not started in a couple weeks. Calvin Throckmorton, the Panthers just parted ways with him on Tuesday, and now Frank Reich says that Cal, that um, Zavala will be there at left guard. But he has not played well. Even when he was out there starting earlier this season – he has been a liability. He had a 0.0 pass uh, pass blocking grade, according to Pro Football Focus, in that Seahawks loss back in week three. It's a major concern. So the Panthers, it's not just left tackle. It's not right yeah. tackle. It's literally everyone on the offensive line. The Panthers are going to be better. But, yeah, hopefully J.C. Warren will play. Because defense, as banged up as they've been, has had some pretty inspiring, inspiring performances the last couple of weeks out of the bye. So those are some of the matchups looking at. Uh, let's break down what these teams have to do uh, to win on Sunday. Uh, the Panthers probably should try to score. Uh, but we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys as it's yet another Locked On NFL crossover Thursday presented by our friends over at Prize Picks. 
Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed therapy, licensed pharmacy, medication delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Jace Medical now offers customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at J-A-S-E medical.com. Back here on Locked On Panthers and Locked On Cowboys, Julian Council, the host of Locked On Panthers, Marcus Mosier, the host of Locked On Cowboys. Talk about the Carolina Panthers hosting the Dallas Cowboys at 1 o'clock Eastern and 12 noon. God's time zone there in Central Time on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium in Uptown Charlotte. It's been a rough go for the Carolina Panthers. And this is a game, when I was coming out of the bye, I was looking at Houston. Okay, Panthers can win that game. The Colts, they could win that game. Of course, they didn't. And the Bears, they could win that game. But Dallas... That was one where, Marcus, I just did not see a path to victory for the Carolina Panthers. But you told me before we come up here on the show that you think it might be a little bit closer than the experts, which I guess is supposed to be us, uh, think the game may be. Yeah, a couple of reasons. So uh, last week, everybody was assuming that was going to be the trap game for the Cowboys, right? You're playing the Giants at home against Tommy DeVito. Not the case. The Cowboys are excellent at home. I believe they've won 15 of their last 16 home games. This game scares me if you're a Cowboy fan for a couple of reasons. Number one, you're playing a you're playing on the road. They're just not very good on the road. You're playing not on you're not in a dome. They're not very good when they have to play out of a dome. They don't play at one o'clock very often. And now this is, you know, for them, this is 12 o'clock central time, right? On top of that, their next three games, they play at home against Washington, at home against Carolina at home against Philadelphia. They've got this three-game home stretch coming up. I could very easily see them looking past this game. It's the the Carolina Panthers who have one win with a rookie quarterback. We're just going to walk right in and win this game. That doesn't happen in the NFL. The Texans found that out a couple weeks ago. The game that the Texans were favored, they lost. I won't be surprised if this is a 17 to 13 game going into the fourth quarter. And it's just way closer than what everybody anticipates. Well, I I will say one thing. Uh, The Cowboys are playing at home. There's going to be more Cowboy fans in there than Panther fans. It's it's whatever reason being at AT AT&T stadium, the Cowboys just feel very relaxed. Trust me, this will be a home game and they will feel very relaxed. So if they play well at AT AT&T stadium, or if they don't play well at AT AT&T stadium, well, it's going to carry over here because this is going to be a home environment for the Cowboys, unfortunately. And that's just the state of the Panthers organization, the state of being in a transplant city. I am a a native here of Charlotte. I've grown up here and I've gone to plenty of games growing up. And every time the Cowboys and the Steelers came to town, aside from probably the start of the 18 season and that playoff game about 20 years ago, it's been a takeover by those two legacy franchises. Last year, when things got really bad, the last game Matt Rule had was the 49ers, another one of those legacy franchises, taking over the stadium and looking at the Panthers performed. That's when David Tepper said, you know what? I've seen enough of this of Matt Rule. I do wonder 
if that would be the case, if the offense looks bad again with Frank Reich taking over as a play caller, if it's a takeover, now Tepper's, his pockets are, they're making all the money. And fans, they forget, they, I guess maybe they don't understand that these owners are making all their money off of the TV deal. Not necessarily whether you're going to turnstiles <laughs> right. and buying popcorn and hot dogs and beers. Uh, but either way, he's going to make money off of that on Sunday with the Cowboys fans. Um, so it's going to be an unfortunate scene. I, I have a hard time seeing the Panthers who have only covered one time this season, and that was in the win against Houston. They've been an underdog in every single game that they played, and the line over FanDuel is a 10 and a half. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time seeing this being a close game. Now, defensively, Burns should be back. If Horns come, if Horn comes back, yeah, they have a chance as they're getting healthier. Probably That's what healthiest. makes me nervous. It's not, yeah. it's not the Carolina offense. It's the Carolina defense. Maybe it's you know, Frankie getting an inter- interception and putting them in good field position, or it's J.C. Horn jumping around. The defense still has five or six really, really good players on it. Yeah, and, so, and that's true. And the, out of the bye, they gave up 13 against Houston, who's been awesome the last two weeks. Uh, C.J. Stroud's just been a revelation. That's a storyline in itself here in Carolina. Uh, Gardner Minshew and the Colts only scored 13, then 16 against Tyson Bajans. The last two weeks have been uh, okay, but that's still been good considering they've been playing like guys like DiCaprio Boodle and uh, Alex Cook in the secondary, but verifiable no names. I'm sure that your listeners are like, who uh, are those people right now? So they've actually played fairly well, but now that they're getting healthier, there's a chance that the defense maybe get some takeaways. The problem is they only have six 